one. So I just wanted to tell you about this episode. So a couple weeks ago, I was at this festival called uh, The Wild Goose. It's a pretty, I like to call it the Jesus, uh, the hippie Jesus festival. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty Christian centered, but they have a lot of, uh, they have some Buddhist speakers and, and everyone there is just a very open, very LGBT affirming. And they all just understand that this is their path and others might have a different path. So everyone there is very accepting of other people's different ideas and thoughts and willing to listen. It's just a very beautiful place. So while I was there, I decided to get some interviews with some people. Now I can be pretty weird sometimes and, uh, and going up and talking to random strangers was, it made me pretty nervous, but uh, I've pretty much accepted my weirdness. Once I finally sat down and kind of got past the, the rambling, I feel like it all turned out pretty good. I specifically didn't ask them what their religious backgrounds were because I didn't want people that listen to this going and thinking, oh, well, they said they're Christian. Now I, I feel like I know what they're gonna say to these answers or maybe they're Buddhists. I feel like they're, I know what they're gonna say to this. I decided to just let their answers speak for themselves. We hope you enjoy listening to it as much as we did making it. I'm Bob, by the way. I'm Nathan. David. Madison. Madison, nice to meet you. Okay, so, oh, there's only three questions. I don't know why I have to use my book every time. I just don't want to get them wrong. So, the first question is, what or who do you think God is? Because I, because I don't see an evidence for it. I don't believe that God is some invisible entity ruling the earth somehow. Um, for me, the word God is a symbolic, metaphorical type of presence in the world. Like cool. the good and the love and the generosity and the hospitality and the joy and all of those things I think that connect us as humans. I think is the spirit that we call God and try to figure out what that is exactly. So who do I think God is? I think God is... Who or what? I think God is the ground and root of our being, the winds from... Uh, the, the great winds. That's what I think God is. Cool. Yes. That is brief. That's good. I like it. There you go. I think that God is the entity that helps human beings 
experience their sense of connectedness both to all other human beings and to all other things animal and non-animal living and non-living so however you conceptualize people conceptualize it God very differently but I think that God is that broader entity that helps us if we choose to do that to feel that connectedness so in that conception the kind of atheists who come to this event who have that conception of themselves as connected to all things are, are in a certain way believers in God even if they're officially not believers in God That's a very big question. <laughs> um, I think that as I have become older and become more curious in my faith journey, um, I come from a very conservative theological background that was very had a very defined um, interpretation of what God was or is, um, and growing out of that space, I think I've come to understand that God. Um, doesn't have a gender. Um, I believe God to be um, anything and everything. Um, God to be everywhere and in small spaces and big spaces, um, walking amongst us in the um, in the breeze amongst the trees, um, and gentle reminders in the and how flowers bloom. Um, and I see God most present in people, but also in nature. I feel like I'm most rooted in. Uh, God's presence when I'm feeling small in, amongst the trees. That's beautiful. I think it's honestly a little bit more uh, rare to find somebody who's. Uh, like really atheist, just flat out. I don't believe. Yeah, like nothing. Okay. Most people will lean towards an agnostic kind of viewpoint. Like there's something. Yeah. Um, but I wonder how much of that is just like fear of not believing in it. Yeah. You know, because like you had this indoctrinated into you for so long that even though you might have gone through some kind of deconstruction of faith or whatever, you still have this thing in the back of your mind going like. Well, what if? Yeah. So. It was, I mean, I definitely, I had to face that myself in, um, in coming away from the faith. Like, whenever I started to break things down and the structures of religion just started coming apart and then I started keeping pieces of it but then letting other pieces go and then eventually ending up at, like, I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm atheist now. I feel like I tend to lean towards more believing of something, but trying to establish what exactly that is. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't say that there's nothing. I think there's... But, like, that's a very broad description yeah. for me. Yeah, because um, we, we immediately went to fear, right? Like, there's a fear. Like, we don't know what's... Like, we don't know what's at, what could be out there or whatever. Like, or we've been... Had it drilled into us, so we don't want to... You know, just dive right into the there's nothing yeah. kind of thing. And not to say that that's what she's saying, because it doesn't sound like she's saying that mm -hmm. she's afraid, you know. But Well, no, so having 
being able to safely and securely say, no, I don't believe in anything. It's like you have to have spent some time. Yeah. Like working through that. Yeah. Um, Because whenever I ended up deconstructing the religious construct and I got to the point and then the first time that I ran into something that was really hard in my life and every other time before that I could always fall back on this is a trial you know this is like (laughs) this is something that's part of God's plan and like it's okay like he's gonna take care of me and it's all right no matter what happens I have God's love and that that sort of thing honestly like it is it is really a beautiful thing like remove logic remove some of the negative aspects of the construct to be able to have that let me let go because it's going to be fine yeah. It really is a, a useful thing, a useful tool um, in coping. I feel good just being able to say, I don't know. Like, it's a very freeing thing going yeah. from something that was like certainty. There is a God, there is a sin, and you're going to hell if you don't believe this certain way or do these certain things. And now I can like take a deep breath and say, I don't know. You know, like, I don't, I know I don't believe that anymore, but I also am a little, like conscious enough to know that like, even in saying that I might be wrong, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm okay with that. It I might be exactly the thing that I think that it's not. Yeah, exactly. So and I can accept that I yeah, might be wrong. And I'm okay with that. There's no fear. I, I don't have a fear of afterlife or of, uh, hell or like God punishing me or some kind of which I feel like is often the thing that pushes people towards God or an idea of God like fear based faith fear based faith Uh, a lot of times I feel like it's usually young families people have gone about you know their youth met their significant other got married had children things start slowing down things start breaking down and then they're just not finding fulfillment and then they're presented with well what happens why why am i doing any of this why does it matter and that's when everything gets sucked in yeah i feel like that makes up a large group of um people at least in churches if i remember right this lady was with a group called uh Rehab from rehab from religion, mm. or rehab have for religion, or something like that. I think it's from People religion. Have been hurt. Yeah, so it's a whole. They had a whole tent set up, like with cushions. It was a really nice setup. That's one of the reasons I was like, I want to go talk to her. Mm-hmm. She has some nice, you know, couches or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's the whole thing. Is people that have been hurt by religion, or you know, are kind of making their way out of it. You can go and sit and talk to them and feel needed and wanted.
because it means the thing that all being, which you could, I guess, say consciousness. But there's existence without consciousness. There's creation without consciousness, right? Unless, mm-hmm. unless you have the mind of thought that there's consciousness in all things, even things that are uh, what we would see as inanimate objects, that there is some sort of consciousness, energy, vibration. Science Mike has a thing where he talks about the levels of consciousness. Um, I don't remember all of it by any means, but one thing he talks about is how a thermostat in your house has consciousness because it's able to to know... It has sensors. But that technically that's consciousness. It's able to take information from the outside world and make changes based on those on that information. It's a form of consciousness. And then yeah, you have I mean, a house plant, which has a, like a level or two up from that, that can you know do the same thing. It takes in light. It takes all these outside things and is able to make changes to itself based on that. What about a rock? Level one consciousness? Level half consciousness. Roll for intelligence? <laughs> I mean, I guess you'd have to, we'd have to talk about what consciousness is. is. I don't know. I don't know. Is it then not like knowing that you exist? Is it? Yeah, and then there's consciousness, and then there's being self-aware. There's woke. Those are hashtag (laughs) hashtag woke. woke. Um, Are those different things? Being self-aware and having consciousness, or is that the same thing? Like I've, from what I've. There's a documentary called The Code That'll Make You Cry. And in that documentary, they talk about flipper and dolphins and whales oh, and porpoises. Yes. I've told you about it. I tell most people about soul. it. It's awful. <laughs> um, but they talk about how dolphins are self-aware. Like, they know mm-hmm. what's going on. They're like the next level, quote, below us. Of an, an intelligence. Arguably. Arguably, yeah. Some would say they're more intelligent than us. Yeah, they're not fucking up the planet. Yeah. So. Well, they don't They don't manipulate their environment the way that we... And that's, that's the thing. I think they might be more aware than we are. Because all the things that we have created to mean something to us, like our houses and our cars and our things... And our video games and our... I could go on a list forever, right? Mm-hmm. But just all this shit that really doesn't matter. They don't worry about that. They are a creature that is highly intelligent, very emotional, very connected to their family structure. Um, they know things about their environment. Like, uh, I don't know if you've seen, but... A pod of dolphin, dolphins, um, can identify certain sea plants, and get they they teach their little baby dolphins how to identify different plants and how to use them to like rub them on their bodies for their like medical purposes. Hmm. Stuff dolphins do. Yeah. Um, so so. It's arguable because apparently their brain is bigger than our brain. Their frontal cortex is larger than ours. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it's like there's a possibility that they have a more advanced uh, intelligence than we do. It's just not the same type of intelligence as us, so we see it as something different or less. Um, do you but think they might have like a more full life experience than us. Like they yeah. could experience things on a deeper level. They wouldn't get like maybe they remember not to go to the cove. <laughs> you know, mm, yeah, you're not right. Get jacked up, or like I know they fuck for fun. They're like one of the only other creatures on the planet besides us. Mm-hmm. They have sex for fun, and with um, same sex. Yeah, yeah. Gay dolphins, mm-hmm. or not gay dolphins, just 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 for fun. Yeah, swimming along. They don't. They don't have the ego. They fish. don't have the ego that that's yeah, wrong. It's like yeah. it's not even gay. Gay isn't a thing. It's, it's just, just like oh, he's my friend. Just feels wanted to fuck. Yeah, so we did. Go kill some fish. Do some flips. Oh, the universal consciousness thing. Um, And so another thing that we had mentioned in our uh, discovery of how the universe works was, you're just getting hints here. This will help you reach enlightenment. Um, It won't. Don't. I'm not not promoting that. We're both food drunk. If I did, um, I'd be charging you for this podcast. Um, but the idea that the, the thing that you are, this body, everything that's in it, the carbon, the, all the minerals that are in it, came from something else. Yeah, that came from a star, that came from a star, that came from a star. Right, yeah. so everything that exists has, we are part of everything and everything is part of us. It's like we get sucked into a black hole and spit out on the other side and whatever we become on the other side is what that is. But then that also breaks down in the circle of life, mm-hmm. becoming other things, and then getting sucked into another black hole and spat out the other side, becoming something else, a new entity, a new being, a new life. We are all part of each other. And in that way, everything does, or at some point had some form of consciousness, even like that dresser. At one point in time in the... Well, that one specifically, dressers are easier because dressers were... Well, that one it was a tree. It was a wood, yeah. Tree. The tree was alive. So, but, but everything, 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 everything. Like everything, saying, everything. Everything is starting. Concrete. Yeah. Your car. Yeah. Your car, because it's made of metal. The metal that came from the ground, that was part of ore. At one point like, in, the inf- in, the, in the infinite past was probably, definitely, a living thing. That had mm. thought at one point. See, you don't have to change yourself in this lifetime. In this lifetime, you're supposed to be yourself. You know why? Because you only get X amount of time to be yourself before you get sucked into something else. Because if we're talking about eternity here, like infinite, then this is just vapor. It is a blink of an eye. So you only get to be this thing for a little bit. And then you're going to die. You're going to go into the ground. 
and then we're going to get sucked into a black hole and blasted into something else, and then you can be something else. Then you can be that thing, whether it's a pony or a space pony the or the, the, the any form of pony. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's fun, and I, I guess some people can take it dark. I don't really take it dark. That Yes, that'll happen, but it won't be you. It'll be you and everybody else. Yes. Just something for you guys to think about in your day. Like, think about how complex that is. That my friend here, at some point in the past, may or may not have had an atom that was part of whatever I was in the past. I've been in you. Sorry. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um... What's the meaning of life? Wow, that's an interesting one. It's like so cliche and so hard to answer at the same time. Right? You know, I guess it's, uh, you know, taking care of one another. Yeah, connecting us as humans. Connecting us to one another. The meaning of life is to uh, to know yourself through relation, to know yourself through relationship with others in the divine. The meaning of life is to try to move towards having an experience of that connectedness as frequently as you can. If you, if if we, if life is about experiencing that connectedness, that's still like a choice and an experience that we can put ourselves on the path of having or not. And so the meaning is to try to is try to connect with that. And some of us come closer to that than others, and those who come closer are experiencing the meaning of life. Myself work in policy, and I think that 
people need to show up in policy, um, but I also think that it also means just showing up for your everyday neighbor who lives next to you, who doesn't live next to you. Um, but I think in the simplest way is just showing up and loving your neighbor. I don't think I think God is like the light and then there's something else that is the dark. Mm -hmm. I think God is what God is. Mm -hmm. And there's like one of our previous conversations. It is only our interpretation, only our experience that decides whether something is good or bad. Yeah. Um, because that's whenever we break down, like, again, one of our previous conversations, the lion. You know, like, the lion isn't taking care of the gazelle. The lion is alive. The gazelle is alive. The lion's going to kill the gazelle. It's part of life. Mm -hmm. The circle of life. Lion King. <laughs> I haven't seen it. We just saw it this time. Amaryllis went inside. Yeah. How was it? I heard negative things on the internet. Right? Was, I saw. Good. I saw. I'm not a Disney movie guy because Disney movies have a lot of feels in them, and I'm not a big like. I'd rather laugh or you know, mm. I'm not a big like sit there and want to cry about it. Courtney immediately as soon as a but a Benya part started, she's bawling her eyes out because she like it's her favorite movie from the Disney archives. Hmm. So she just lost it immediately. Um, it was cute, but. But yes, like I like yeah, the whole circle of life thing. Yeah, there is a life, death, resurrection quotes in the form of becoming back into part of the planet, the circle. Um, I mean, I don't have a better answer for yeah. what the meaning of life is, life than what the meaning of life is. <laughs> um, to make itch, um, but. I can't. It's hard for me to just. But when you're using have God a fairy a, tale, yeah, like yeah, when you're using God as a metaphor, though, right? Just same way as like using Satan as a metaphor. I can use God as a metaphor for that's all that's good, and Satan for a metaphor that's all that's bad, right? But I don't have to believe in a God or a Satan. It's just what I call that. Yeah. So, but for the so for the meaning of life, like. But that's what I'm saying is like bad. What is bad? So well, yeah. I mean, it's all so like it's all your today. Deciding. Today, what was something that you did at least three times? Bathroom. Okay, I was more leading into like you ate probably oh. at least three times. Yeah. What did you eat today? I had a sausage. Okay. Thing for breakfast. Breakfast. So immediately murder. Yes. Okay. Next. <laughs> Um, more murder for lunch. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, then I had Chinese food for okay. dinner, which is more murder chicken. Yeah. Um, and then the other stuff that was in it, besides the meat products, I'm not trying to have like a, a vegan debate, but like yeah. the other stuff that you ate. Were there noodles involved? Were there, were there rice? Rice. Yeah, which is 
I mean, plants life, yeah. Plants. It's yeah. life. Meaning of life, plant. Mm-hmm. Plant got killed. Yeah, but I think there's... And there's a lot of research now that's showing, like, some sort of, like... Uh, there's something going on in plants that we can't really understand. Mm-hmm. Some sort of communication there. Some sort of, like, legit life force that's going on in them. Um, the ability to react to to process information in a way that we don't really get because they don't have brains in the way that we see brains. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a living thing that feels, that grows, that dies, that lives. Mm-hmm. So what's the meaning of that? Everything has to live, everything has to die. Yeah. It's, a, it's a cycle. So like, for me to say that the meaning of life is just, you know, to take care of each other. Well, I want to kill some things along the way. Yeah, well, what if, like, meaning of life is... To kill stuff? Not to kill stuff, but just to have respect, you know. I'm going to have respect for everybody around me and love them to the best of my ability and not, and and try and, you know, like, again, the the noble truth is like, my job is to, is to learn from my suffering at the same trying as at the same time as trying to help other people in their suffering, right? So I'm not trying to get out of my suffering. I'm trying to learn from my suffering, but at the same time, trying to help people out of their suffering. Um, but who's helping the plants out of their suffering? I'm, I mean, I don't know if I'm on board with the fact that they do suffer, but uh, well. Um, Maybe we disagree. Maybe there's plants suffering all the time. Maybe there are. I might be wrong. But... I think it's like... What about bug suffering? Well, the 11th commandment, right? Don't be a dick. Like, we have to... Kill all the bugs. Right, we have to eat. I smashed one this morning. I didn't feel... Actually, I started recently... Like, it's bad. Yeah. Because, like, (laughs) I... I generally... I don't mess with... Even yellow jackets and stuff, which I hate... Because they're dicks. Like wasps, yellow jackets, not my friends. Carpenter bees, I'll like, I'll pet a carpenter bee. I'll, I'll fist bump his face. <laughs> like, it's fine. We can hang out. And um, honeybees, whenever I go hang out at Tommy's and the honeybees come around, like, I, I try to be nice to them or like tell them to get out of my way before I do something. And they're all over the place, so I have to be careful. But, um, Yellow jackets and wasps. No, they can die. Yeah. <laughs> but even recently, I've been... Because I, I saw one on the ground, and my immediate reaction was, stop it. Like, mm-hmm. I can kill it now and avoid one less stinger that might enter me or my family. And I had to take a moment to think, no, it's life. It's not bothering me. They're not doing anything. Actually, that was a pretty cool moment. It was really early in the morning. That was whenever I went to go work on the countertops for the kitchen. And I woke up at like 4.30 and I got over to Tommy's house and it was dark and I'm tired and I'm working on the countertops. And um, Tommy had to take a phone call. So I was just sitting on the cinder blocks in front of the shop, staring at the ground, watching the bugs. And I was just watching this entire world of like ants and yellow jackets and spiders and what they were eating and where they were going. And that was just one of those, like, this whole thing is way more complex than I can even understand, and this is just some bugs.
last time my parents were here, my mom put like a little thing out that, you know, the ant takes it back to its home and it kills all the ants in the thing. So we have like hundreds of ants. It's not like 20 ants. No, it's thousands. Yeah, it's thousands. genocide. Yeah. But so we have like hundreds and hundreds of ants around my sink, right? And then I got, I just got used to them. You know, if, if I happen to wash a couple down, I don't really feel too bad because I'm not doing it like with malice. You know, it's just I'm trying to get to my dishes, dude. Like, you know, I guess smack the pans a little bit, trying so they all scatter a little bit before I do anything. So my mom puts this thing there and for like days, there's no ants and I told Courtney, I was like, I'm really missing our friends. <laughs> like, I'm really, like, they're just living life. You know, they're, they're actually trying to help. They're cleaning off the plates and cleaning off whatever foods or sugars. Part of the circle. Of yeah, they're part of the circle. So, like, and then, like, so it was days without any ants. And then, like, after a while, a little few started to show up. A few more started to show up. And I was like, I feel better about this. Like, even though, yeah, they're annoying. They're annoying and they can be gross and they're getting into things and all this stuff. Yeah, I get it. So I, again, I'm going to go back to the, and again, I'm, I'm not being any kind of certain, but the idea that life is to learn from suffering and help other people in their suffering, right? You're not going to be able to help everybody. You do have to do certain things. You have to eat food. I mean, like, and I guess the, the idea is to be the best at it you can be. So if we're all really trying, we'd be a lot more vegetarians or vegans, you know? Because you have to eat something. Yeah, but then those plants are suffering too. Yeah, but you you know maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but again, um, it's like all of life is suffering. And and, and like Joe Rogan will often make the argument that there's only a reduction of suffering. There's not a complete. Yeah, there's never gonna be. Even if you're eating the grains that came from the monocrop farm, mm. the millions of bugs that got killed. The bunnies and the deer that got sucked up into the combine. Washing your hands is killing all the bacteria on your hands. Mm. Like yeah, we don't care about the bacteria. We're super hippie right now. But it's true. This is the stuff that I think about now. The more that I I care about my bacteria. Well, I care about my gut health. Yeah, my my little gut biome. Because they're helping you. Universe and my belly. Yeah, I care about them. But see, that's just kind of stuff I think about all the time now. I, I, I feel like I care less about some of the bigger things that are freaking people out all the time. And I'm caring more about, like, this little ant has a life in front of me, you know? <laughs> like, being more in the moment. So... I think the ultimate understanding is to understand that there is, there is no self, right? So like what you're talking about, what is good and what is bad, right? Nothing's good, nothing's bad. It just is. It's just whatever's happening is happening. There's only the seeing, there's only the touching, the feeling. Um, but in that, it's our part of being who we are in this moment. Like you said, be be who we are right now, you know, be who you are, is loving others and being in relationship with others and helping to stop the suffering of the world is being who you are. I mean, maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe the other, maybe part of who you, being who you are is not being such a nice person. But then, I don't know, I'm mixing, I'm mixing up my Buddha and my Ram Dass right now. 
Yeah, this whole development of thought about, like, maybe it's not all about just being good is a recent, and by recent I mean, like, within this conversation, (laughs) idea that I'm having. Because I really believe in balance. Balance makes sense. Balance is science. Science, These these are things that exist. Um, And I I can connect with that in that you know you have hot you have cold you have dark you have light you have all these different counteracting every action has an equal and opposite reaction right going back to the same conversation the black hole on one side is getting sucked in and on the other side is being spat out so everything going one way has an equal and opposite other end Mm -hmm. so the balance of um, good and evil, like these things that exist, they have to balance each other. You can't have one without the other. So can I get super nerdy? Go ahead. Okay, so Star Wars, right? There's the Jedi and there's the Sith, right? Mm-hmm. And they both talk about bringing balance to the Force, mm-hmm. right? There's a whole theory in Star Wars that the balance of the Force is what the Jedi are trying to do just by non-attachment, non, no emotions, no, you know, that's what the Jedi way is. And the, the Sith are the ones tra- coming and trying to throw it off balance. So it's not a good and bad. It's a, the Jedi are like nothingness, you know. And the Sith are the ones that are all emotion and all anger and all this and that. And they're coming and trying to throw the Force off of balance. So going back to the balance that you're talking about in the, in the real world what if our pushing back our pushing for social justice our pushing for equality lgbt equality our trying to help the climate is part of that coming back into balance or what if we're the sith <laughs> in that way mm-hmm. trying to be emotional and angry and fight against when really it should just be like it is. So even in the, even in being nothing, right, which is the Buddhist and the Hindu traditions, the idea of becoming a guru or becoming Buddha is to become nothing, no ego. But it also teaches that when you have an ego, don't fight the being, just be. Like, I'm not loving you, I am being loved to you. Mm-hmm. So you're not fighting, you're not trying to be this. To I'm not sexing you. Yeah. I'm being I'm, sexed to you. Sure. Not wrong. <laughs> um, but there, there's a difference in the Buddhist and the Hindu thought process, though, I think. There's um, a lot of them, there's a lot of them, but yeah. If, um, well, in, in that, both seek to find enlightenment. I think it's in Hinduism, no, let me try and get this right. I'm probably wrong. In Buddhism, it's rejecting all of self um, 
because whenever you break all of that away, oh yeah, yeah, then you can become closer to the Buddha, closer to whatever enlightenment. God enlightenment is. Yeah. And in Hinduism, it's more of embracing the emotion and like understanding that Buddhism it's like there is nothing. Hinduism is like you are everything and nothing and one with God. Yeah. Both ways lead you to enlightenment. Yeah. It's all a method. But it's all a method. Yeah. Because Buddhism is still technically like born out of Hinduism, so yeah. it's just a path. It's it's one of the paths. Even, not... even in Hinduism, one of the understandings is like whether you're Christian or Muslim or, or Hindu or whatever, that's your method. That your method, and it's good. It's good to have a method because it brings you closer to to quote God and your yourself. Well, yeah, because like if you but the ultimate to... goal is to realize that once you get to like a more realized state, to realize that to let you're letting everything fall away, you're letting your ego fall away, you're letting good and bad fall away, you're letting all of this stuff shed away. That even when you reach a higher point, you're even letting that method fall away, that method of realization or whatever. That that will fall away and you realize that it is all just one the interstate to Disney World is not Disney World it's just how I got there mm-hmm. somebody else took a different road it's fine we both got there whatever So the last one is, what do you think happens when we die? It's the same thing as I don't believe in anything supernatural, so I don't necessarily believe that there's an afterlife waiting for us, either good or bad. Yeah. Um, I just kind of think that whole ashes to ashes, dust to dust thing happens when we die. <laughs> Yeah, that's the great unknown, bruh. So, um, I think that uh, it is likely that we all come to a realization of what I just said about the ultimate connectedness of all things. That is very possible. It is also very possible that we just go out of existence. <laughs> we, don't know, we don't know that. And so, part of the challenge is to live a life knowing that it could be that way that I described, that we there's some afterlife that we all experience, and the closer we are to recognizing the ultimate connectedness, the less hard that transition will be, that could be, but also could be that we just go out of existence. Um, and so the challenge is to try to live a life that is as good as possible and as kind as possible, 
not knowing what's true. Oh boy. <laughs> um, I don't think I know the answer to that. I used to think, I was taught to believe that there was heaven and hell. I'm not sure that I believe in hell anymore. I do, I'm starting to believe that there is an afterlife, but an afterlife welcome for everyone. Um, I think that when you learn about the love of God and recognize that um, when you hear about justice, like I personally don't see justice in hell or the existence of hell, and I think that there's justice in creating a space for everyone to exist um, as they are. Um, and obviously, like no hate, no um, darkness, um, but I do think that there is um, light in life after we leave this place. I have no idea. I don't know. There's ways to experience spirituality or God or peace or wow, you just experienced pain. <laughs> yeah, that was my elbow. Um, <laughs> you old man. Um, there's ways to experience that stuff or, or perceive it in this life. But nobody who's hanging out has experienced what comes after unless you can talk about it because even in the the near-death experiences you're not there you're just nearly there yeah or well when they say that you know they've experienced the afterlife when they when the near-death experience but that doesn't even help because different people from different cultures experience different afterlives yeah so I went to heaven I went to wherever yeah. my people say I go yeah. Um, I feel like I've heard a lot of people express that they don't believe in a hell. Um, but they do believe in a heaven. And for me, that's a little bit like... <laughs> for me, it's like, you just got to throw out the whole thing. Yeah. 
You know, it's the, you can't have, oh, I don't believe in hell, but I do believe in a good thing. Um, it's like a cop-out. I mean, I'm not saying that she's wrong. I'm just saying those are my personal beliefs on that. I feel like if you're going to throw out hell, you have to throw out heaven too. Um, but my, but that's because my personal beliefs are more so on the side of you can experience heaven and hell right now, where you're yeah. at. That like, like for me, what comes after, I don't know. I tend to lean towards more of we are all connected. We are all part of the same thing. So when you die, you just circle of life, you know, you leave this thing and you go into the next thing, whatever that may be, however long that might take. I don't know. Is that immediate? I don't know. But I tend not to think of the afterlife as a place that you go and hang out forever. Because nothing in nature, nothing that exists, is forever. Everything that we can observe changes. That's why in our conversation with Dr. Glenn, we kind of touched on um, being flexible and being open-minded is the way you have to if you want to make any sort of progress because being stagnant and being rigid will never produce anything good. You have to change. You have to grow. Um, so the idea that you live this one life, X amount of years, and then do you spend eternity, eternity, based on what you based did on here. what you did in this one thing, yeah. based on what you did in this one thing. And from, you know, generally the public will accept that the way you live your life, in a lot of cases, is not directly like uh, the nurture versus nature debate, right? And the idea that there are so many aspects of our life that... Isn't of our choosing. Or isn't of our choosing that will greatly affect the way that we live our lives, Um and our perspectives and how we go about everything. So to think that based on this one experience that you have for, you know, let's say 85 years being, you know, generous in some cases, I guess not generous now. I guess 85 is probably pretty average for people nowadays with, like that, yeah. with medical technology where it's at. 80 and 85, something like that. That's how long you get to... But think about how much we change within that lifetime. Yeah. And how much wiser we are or how much dumber we are by the end of it because yeah. of our experience and, and some what of these, we know. And, and most of the more conservative religions expect you to not change. Mm -hmm. Expect you to always see God, quote God, or spirituality or the holy book or whatever, always the same way and in the way that they have written out for you to believe. And I'm, uh, let me use this example, and I am in no way condoning racism or saying that it's a good thing, but this is just an example. Let's imagine a person who was born in the Deep South 
maybe not even in our time period, let's say 20 years ago, their parents were racist. So they're raised in a home to have a racist mindset. Let's say by chance, by chance, this person who lives in the South, who is growing up in a community that is generally segregated with parents who are racist, who have raised them to be racist, then goes into a situation and by chance happens to have a bad experience involving someone of color. You know, whether they got, I don't know, robbed, disrespected, something. Mm -hmm. That only more, like... More drives that home. Yes, like it it becomes real. It becomes more concrete to them. How much of that was their fault? And then they're probably going to spend the rest of their lives having these feelings of hatred towards an entire group of people. Which so me, let's let's rewind. Me seeing someone who is just a racist bastard, he's just hateful and like will say awful things about people of color and will like disrespect them or communicate violence about them. Um, that's awful. I can't, it's hard for me to have grace for a person like that. But if I want to take those steps back, how much of that is their fault? So all this to say, to think that someone can live their 85 years and then spend eternity based on based their on the story, the story that, that they've been given. Yeah, from, like, yeah. how does that seem like something that would be justified? And like she had mentioned in her uh, conversation, just mm-hmm. in hell. So, but for me, it's either way. Either way, you can see it in the other way too. What because then, like, <laughs> then the privileged who lived a, a life that was, you know, they had good parents who, you know, gave them whatever healthy spiritual upbringing and loved them and supported them. And they spent their life doing good and then they die and then they go to heaven. Well, yeah, you, you had the advantage there. Yeah. I had a shit life. You had a good one. But now it's like, it's like you can never escape the destiny of heaven or hell. And isn't that the battle for the individual though? Like, so if you're raised deep south, raised racist and you know, all that different, when does it become your responsibility to go, oh shit? But what if you're never confronted with that idea? Why? That's the thing. You could, you could, there, there's so many systems and places and schools of thought that you are never confronted with a different idea than what you have. You know, like your, your, your thought process is never challenged. It's only supported. You live in an echo chamber where everyone around you tells you that what you think is right is what they think. And that's it. There's no way to get out of that unless you happen to be in a situation where someone challenges that and says, no, this is wrong. Yeah, and, and then if you believe in a, like, a anthropomorphized God, like, that sees and judges and all that different stuff, and if he is just and graceful... He would be able to see that and say, oh, well. All-knowing plan for everything yeah, like that. Exactly. Like, he would, if you he would knew know. this was going to happen, yeah. but even, okay, why am I here? That, 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 because that fucks up all conversation, right? <laughs> it's the idea that he, he's all-knowing and stuff, right? 
he, I say he, but uh, they, they, but even outside of that, even if they're, if, if they're just, just, right, they would know, oh, they were raised in this situation by these people that were hateful, and blah, 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 and this whole, this whole narrative that's been given to them, it's not their fault that they were born into this place. Is it still just for me to send them to this hell? Yeah. Even though it's not really their... I just want to talk fault. about, like, terrorists. Yeah. Who, like, in a lot of cases um, are in situations where they're living in poverty and just, like, awful situations. And then you have this powerful group who's offering them a life that is better. And they're very easily convinced to join this movement. And because of why? Because... Someone showed them a better life. That a better life just happened to also include violence towards others. But whenever you've been down into that lowest point of low, yeah, you have like, nothing else to lose. You don't care. Yeah, I'm not going back to that. For me, I tend to believe that this life that we have right now, this is where heaven and hell happens, and it's our, it's our responsibility. It's our. Um, choice to to either well and not in a lot a lot of situations not our choice um but to be able to acknowledge that and to see that and to experience it um fully for whatever it is in that point in time um i think i feel like this life gets downplayed so much oh yeah you know everybody's looking everybody's looking to the before and to the after and what you know which way you're going missing what's happening right now what if the whole thing is right now that's all you get well so that's what we so again our our job right is to do work on ourselves and then to help others so to to learn from the suffering in ourselves and help the suffer help get other people get out of suffering right so if i'm if i'm a child born in india to a family that lives in the scrap heaps in the, the slums in the slums right part of the it's so hard yeah part of the getting rid of the ego right in the in the noble truths is i'm born in this place i don't want to be in this place anymore you know i don't want to be here there's so much suffering here and terribleness and it smells bad and junk and all that different stuff but then the, this again the second noble truth tells us that the cause of suffering is the want is it just to be in that moment and try not to want you know so it's, I'm not saying it's easy I'm not saying it's easy by any means but that's my job on myself is to look at the situation whatever situation I'm in and learn to be, I feel like okay is not the right word, but just to, to be in that situation without judgment. But at the same time, looking at my brother or sister next to me and trying to figure out how to get them out of suffering. Man, I'm suffering when it's like really hot and humid out and there's mosquitoes. <laughs> I know, right? And I'm hungry and I'm tired. But can you feel it? Have you ever just sat there and tried to feel it? Like if something is really uncomfortable, like sitting, again, we talked about a while ago, sitting in traffic or being hot and humid. And being we never even published that No, we haven't yet. We're leaving that on the back burner. <laughs> but like sitting in that moment and just being in that moment and feeling it, feeling the hottest. Instead of like, 
one of the best examples I heard was like, you, you walk outside and it's cold. And most people are like, oh, and they bundle up in their jacket and they run to their car and they run back inside or they do whatever they can to keep themselves warm. But what if instead you walk outside and you get hit with that, that coldness and you go, and you just stop and you breathe it in and you just let it be and you feel the cold or you feel the heat or you feel the annoyance of being in a car in traffic. You just let yourself feel it. Don't judge it. Don't say, oh, it sucks, it's so cold, or it sucks, it's so hot. You just feel it. Be in the moment. And then I scream. That's that's the movement towards peace in our existence, right? Mm-hmm. Don't judge, just experience. And then maybe you can not murder your neighbor. You can love them. Maybe buy them a sandwich for lunch. Or right. give them a hug. If they like hugs. If they don't like hugs, then a hug would be the opposite of a hug. <laughs> yeah. Get them a beer and walk away. <laughs> Unless they're an alcoholic, Unless in which case that was not a nice thing to do. Maybe get to know your neighbor before you do anything. Mm. She said, nothing, ashes to ashes. Again, I'm okay with that. I'm not going to say that that's what it is for certain. My um, Someone said to me one time that um, there's no proof of an afterlife. And I said, yes, but there's also no proof that there's not an afterlife. Mm-hmm. And, and I just told, I just said, well, that's, I, it's above my, my head. It's above, it's my, above pay grade. my pay grade. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Like, I, why, why do I need to worry about it? I don't mm-hmm. know. Nobody knows. So why worry about it? But I'm okay. If, if there's nothing, I'm okay with there being nothing. Yeah. I think, because I tend to have... Um, touched on in the past like I'm pretty open to the idea of realms of existence beyond our physical bodies Mm. be super cool if I could sit with the guru for X amount of time and come to enlightenment but that's the thing whenever you have the mindset of like I'd like to do this thing so that I can then ascend so that I can then do this thing then you're preventing yourself from being able to do those things because you're you're, you're allowing your yeah. ego and your desire to fuel your yeah uh, but um, so I, what's the question that we're talking about oh afterlife so for me I don't think about the afterlife much but I feel like my own personal ideas about a spiritual realm existing. Um, We've not really talked about DMT much. I've not ever done DMT, but I've done a lot of reading about DMT. Mm. Um, And that entire idea seems very compelling to me about the fact that people generally will have a very similar experience. Um, and 
to me, it all makes sense that it would all be connected, that mm-hmm. this is something that there is a spiritual realm that we can access in some way, shape, or form. And to me, that's like almost equivalent to afterlife. Because yeah. if I'm thinking that the whole thing is fractal and we just keep on going, then the afterlife is not really the afterlife. It's like the current life. Just in another dimension. Another dimension. It's just the idea of eternity is is incomprehensible, right? Incomprehensible. Like when we talk about, oh, we're going to heaven for eternity or hell for eternity or even, um, I don't know, 72 virgins for eternity or however many or like all these different things. Like, it's eternity. Right? So anything. The things that I want to do the most in my life. Like I've heard like so many. Call it out, but it's what we know. Like Christian people are like, I want to be able to see my family, and I want to be able to hold my kids. And it's like, yeah, but like, if you could hold your kid right now, like forever, it's like, would you want that? It's like, my kid doesn't want me to hold them. Like no. I was just watching a movie with the kids, mm-hmm. and I have my sweet cuddles with them for like I don't know ninety seconds, <laughs> and then one of them wants to get up to go yeah. jump off the couch. Yeah, but you also you also want something. to see them grow up and have lives. Yeah, and, you know, maybe sure. have grandbabies and like all because this kind of stuff. change. Yeah, is good. The it's development. It's is hard good. sometimes, but it's good. Yeah. Nobody, if, if we stayed the same, then. That's the meaning of life. Change. The whole the whole idea whenever we were sitting in the Chinese restaurant and we came up with the Oh the universe. The universe, we figured it out. We planned <laughs> yeah. out like, oh, we're this not gonna makes tell sense you guys. Now. We're not telling no, you. No, it's kinda it's, it's kinda secret. Yeah. You have to figure out for yourself. Step one, Chinese restaurant. We appreciate your listening. Yeah, and hanging out with us through our ramblings and our moment-by-moment moment philosophical ideas. Um, if you'd like to follow us and learn more about us, go to Facebook at, a, I believe it's backslash God is an Elephant. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty simple there. Pretty simple. Our email address is godisanelephant at gmail.com. If you have any questions or uh, topics or guests that you would like us to interview... Um, or if you want us to interview you, if you think you have interesting thoughts and ideas that you want to share with us and the world about spirituality, God, religion, society, yourself, we'd love that. Absolutely. Um, other than that, I think just uh, go to your preferred um, podcasting, listening Wherever platform. you listen to this. And rate, give us a five-star rating, review us. Uh, follow us I think it's on Spotify if you follow us it helps out a lot hit the subscribe button Uh, it all means a lot in the long run getting us to be seen by more people we want to reach more people so that we can enhance the lives of others through our ramblings and the more people we get listening the more people we can share with and get ideas from and and that's all what we're all about the more people in the conversation that's what it's all about.